This is the Denver Gazette Sports Podcast, and I am your host, Chris Schmedeke. I am joined by Tyler King as we give our reaction to the CU Buffs' big win over TCU to start the Coach Prime era. Stay tuned. Okay, this is the uh, Denver Gazette Sports Podcast instant reactions to uh, the CU Buffs. This thrilling upset win over TCU. I am joined by Tyler King, who is live still in Fort Worth in a lovely hotel room. Uh, Tyler, have you recovered from that game quite yet? No, I haven't got a chance to shower yet. It's pretty hot down here in Texas, so I'm I'm pretty uh, beat from that game. It was thrilling. Um, I, it's still mostly a blur to me because – I was trying to process it as it was happening, just kind of trying to come to terms with the fact that they, oh well, they they look pretty good. Oh, they should probably win this game. Oh, I think they're actually going to win this game. As kind of as it was, as it was evolving, and now you know I've got my two stories done, and I haven't I haven't even got a chance to go back and rewatch the game, which I'm going to do at some point here tonight. Um, might not get much sleep before my 5:30 a.m. flight back to Denver tomorrow morning, but uh, wow, what a day! Couldn't have asked for a better start to the Deion Sanders era. Um, and what could be a fascinating season for me covering this football team. The one person who wasn't bothered by the heat was Travis Hunter because he played the whole game. But we'll, we'll get into him in a minute. Um, I kind of wanted to say something before we started is, uh, as you know, and a lot of people know, I worked as a sports editor in Boulder for many years through some very lean CU football years, except for the rise season. The COVID year was weird. I don't know what was going on that year. And this was the most excited I think I've been just watched and entertained watching a CU game in a long, long time. They have athletes now, and I'm sure you feel the same way seeing it in person. They have athletes now that this school hasn't had in, I don't even know. I'm thinking like Cordell and Rashawn Salam and stuff like that. Yeah, guys like Michael Westbrook, who yeah. kind of been around the program a little bit um, in the preseason. Yeah, I mean, this is, you mentioned Travis Hunter. I mean, obviously he was the star of the show today playing you know 130 snaps out there an interception 100 plus yards receiving um it could have even been more he honestly could have had 200 yards receiving he dropped um, two touchdowns yeah he had two touchdowns that that he dropped um you know one of them he caught but he was out of bounds but um you know it, it, it could have even been a bigger day for Travis Hunter than it already was and he was already the best player on the field and yeah this is something I wrote a couple weeks ago I'm kind of you know I'm feeling a little good about myself after this take. I had a couple weeks ago, one of my college football insiders, I wrote that Travis Hunter, I felt was going to be a star unlike Boulder had ever seen before. You know, even mentioning all of those guys that you mentioned, like Cordo, Stewart, Rashawn Salam, a Heisman winner. Um, well, I'm sure that that topic will come up here at some point in this yeah. podcast. Yeah. But, um, you know, I, I just felt like Travis Hunter was going to be the biggest thing this school has seen maybe ever. And today he was that. He is a bona fide, super duper duper star, however you want to phrase it. He is one of the best players in college football, and there's even more room for him to get better, I feel like. So I wanted to go to, to Dion's comments now, but since we're talking about Travis Hunter, let's just, let's just go there to start. Um, You know, remember when Charles Woodson won the Heisman because he kind of – but he did not play offense like Travis Hunter, did he? No, not like this. Not, you know, starting no. at wide receiver and getting – 15 targets in a game I don't think you know and he was just everywhere on the field like he had the pick which was just unbelievable and if he keeps his feet it's a touchdown he's probably going all the way because no one's catching him 
he caught like he ran and caught that guy, the TCU running back on like the seventy yarder. Wasn't he the one who ran and caught him? I mean, uh, he was he was right there, I think. Yeah, yeah. And, and then there's <laughs> there's video of him dancing in the locker room. So this guy's stamina has to be through the roof, and just a special type of player. And when Dion, I don't I don't know if you saw Dion's halftime thing. You probably, I don't know if you I did. Haven't, I haven't yet. Yeah. No. So they uh, Jenny. Uh, Taft is that her name I think so yeah yes was interviewing him and said hey are you worried about Travis's conditioning or whatever and Dion just goes oh don't worry he is him don't worry about it and it was like oh all right and uh, I said post game too yeah and and Dion is completely right yeah yeah and you mentioned all of these great plays the interception was fantastic um someone asked him to kind of you know walk them through that in the post-game press conference. And Travis is kind of really excited. You know, he's usually pretty quiet, doesn't really give, you know, longer answers uh, to things. Still was a little bit, you know, not shy, but kind of, you know, a little bit unsure of himself around us, the kind of the, I mean, uh, the new media group here at Colorado. But um, that play was just fantastic. He's like perfectly read it. And he kind of knew before the snap what was coming. And like you mentioned, yeah, he could have been a pick six, you know, if he if he keeps his feet there. But I think the best play that he made today, the most impressive one, it was in the fourth quarter. So CU's down 35-31. They are facing a third and 16 with a little bit over nine minutes to go. And Travis is in the slot. And he just kind of has like a little bit of a go route. Gets one step on on the defender. And Shador lost a perfect ball to him. And he goes up. It was a little bit short, actually, the throw. I'm looking at it right now. But Travis goes up and gets it, makes the play. I think it was like a 40-yard gain on third and 16 um and that set up that that go-ahead touchdown they had multiple you know go-ahead touchdowns it was a really back and forth game there in that fourth quarter but um that I thought was his most impressive play of the game just like in the fourth quarter he's already played over 100 snaps and he's going up there on third and 16 and just going up and getting the ball um on a for a big first down on one of the many big touchdown drives they had there to end the game yeah, that, that that was the play. I know when you just brought that up, that, that was a pretty amazing play. And he had some pass breakups that could have been picks. I mean, he, I'm pretty sure people are probably watching film like Nebraska's like, hey, you know what? We're not going to throw at 12 ever. Yeah, I don't, I was pretty puzzled at how often they were throwing at him. Like, I kind of was assuming coming into the year that most teams weren't going to throw at him, but TCU really tested him quite a bit. And I was like, I don't know how, you know, smart of an idea this is. This kid is 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 pretty legit and obviously everything we expected him to be. Yeah, I mean, he he was he was unbelievable, but there were so many unbelievable performances and I want to get into Shador and we're going to get into Dylan Edwards who scores four touchdowns as the fourth biggest story of the game. Um, but let's talk about Dion after the game. You know, he had some pretty choice words. Um, he was being Dion um but, you know, something before – talk about that a little bit, but also, like, something I noticed – I know they had some false start penalties there in the fourth quarter, but, man, are they a discip- – they are disciplined. They, they like, they hand the ball to the ref, and then they are right back on the line. He has these guys so prepared and so ready. I think that's a factor that maybe you saw more in practice, but as someone who hadn't been at practice, I was really amazed by it. Yeah, they ended up with six penalties for 35 yards, and a lot of those were kind of those, like, false start, um, delay of game penalties there when the crowd was getting pretty into it in, in the second half. But, yeah, this is something I kind of took note of early in the game. TCU had a couple penalties at that point, like three for close to 50 yards total, some bigger penalties. 
um, when CU had none at that point. Like they they were that stuck out to me too. I'm glad you brought that up. Kind of how disciplined they were. They are really really well coached up and down the roster. I mean, they've spent a lot of money on this coaching staff, not just with Dion, but with the assistants as well. The kind of the pool that he was given uh, money wise, he went out spent it wisely on a really really good group of assistant coaches, and they they had these guys ready to play, and they really looked like a team that has been together for a long time, not a team full of, you know, 80 new players playing their first game together with a brand new coaching staff. They looked like a veteran team that had been around the block. So what do you think of his comments after the game? I'm not shocked by them at all. No. I, I knew that he was, I mean, even his post game with Fox was very much like, Hey, you, you, we've got receipts. Like it's been all of that. Like, you know, you and I talked about what's going to happen when they lose when they, you know, when that happens, but Right now, he has every right to gloat, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, why not? He was He's right. Like, he, he, he's he been telling us for 10 months since he was hired. 10 months tomorrow he was the, the day he was hired, December 3rd, um, that this was going to happen. They were going to win. They were, they were been, they've been expecting this. They haven't backed down from that. They haven't budged, you know, changed their opinion whatsoever. They have been expecting this kind of performance out of the gate. Regard, they didn't care that they were playing the the – team that was in the national championship game last season they didn't care they felt like they were good enough to win this game and they were they could have won it by more honestly which we yep. can get into a little bit like that first half they left points on the board there was you know the weird fumble by dylan edwards that um you know gifted tcu great field position in the touchdown um see you had a blocked field goal um you know there was plenty of points so they could have had even had a bigger lead than the three-point lead they had going to the half so CU, I thought, was clearly the better team today. Better coached, I thought, too. You know, better disciplined, as, as we said. They just had more talent, which is something that hasn't been said for a long in a long time around this CU program. Well, one talented guy is definitely Shador Sanders, who yeah. threw for 510 yards. Uh, what was his completion percentage? Like 81, I believe you had. 81, yep. I had 47 attempts, by the way. Yeah, I mean, they threw the ball nonstop. The running game, we can talk about that a little bit. But um, he was so composed he never really rattled you know they hit they got sacked him what four times i think four or five times they hit him um yeah yeah um but man he just he looked like he'd been playing in the pac 12 for years i mean and, and he had that comment at, about well what did he say i was just a swack player two weeks ago or whatever yeah, he said. yeah i mean he you know I, I don't think that they have nothing to worry about at the quarterback position no as long as he's healthy they're going to be fine on offense and more than fine on offense um he is in total control out there and i tell you what he's gonna be playing on sundays sometime soon and it might be sooner than i thought like yeah. it might be next year like I, I i kind of expected him to to be the starter here for the two years he's got left in college i, I don't know he looked really really good today you mentioned the 510 passing yards a program record i mean he shattered cordell stewart's you know record for debut by by a c quarterback and he shattered every record, you know, possible. I mean, that's that was as as impressive. And talking with people that have been have been covering this program for a lot longer than I am, a lot longer than I have, even they were like, we have never seen a quarterback no. like this at, at, no. at, at this program. And and I and I believe it. I mean, he is the real deal. Um, Caleb Williams has been doing Caleb Williams things again today against Nevada. There was yeah, I saw his I first saw, half. <laughs> I, saw, I saw a highlight where uh, he's just kind of like running around evading defenders and just like on the run whips the ball to the end zone. I'm like, well, that's Caleb Williams, but I don't know. Shador Sanders isn't too far behind that with what we saw today. It's, they're very different quarterbacks. 
Um, and I don't want to get to, I don't want to, you know, make this a Caleb Williams versus Shador Sanders conversation already in week one. But I mean, Shador is very, very good at the things he does often. He gets the, in the first half, he was getting the ball out really quickly. They're pretty deliberate about that. Um, but in the second, in the second half, when TCU started to play a lot closer to the line of scrimmage with their, with their defensive backs, they were still able to take advantage down the field. And he's got a perfect touch on just about all of his passes. You mentioned the completion percentage. He was 38 for 47 today. Um, a couple of them were drops. I think there was that one play. They were, it was when they were backed up by their own goal line. And he had, it was a third, it was that third down play. He lofted one down the sideline to Jimmy Horn, hit him right in the hands. That would have been a perfect. touchdown too. Yeah. That was a perfect <laughs> throw. Um, the, the one to Travis Hunter was like a half yard overthrown. The only reason we, we expect, call it a drop even if you want to is because it's Travis Hunter and we expect him to go make that play but um has got great chemistry with all of these all of these receivers they spent all summer working together uh and it's paid off I I don't expect there to this to be a one game anomaly with Shador Sanders I think this is the standard and there could be even bigger games from this offense if they clean some things up so at the end of the game they showed like the passing record that he broke and Joel Klatt was on the list because yeah, he was he like was. fourth and you know Clatt was on the broadcast of course and Gus Johnson made a comment like oh who's that guy in fourth and Clatt flat out said I sure as heck didn't look like the guy in the field today <laughs> that's true yeah for as good as Joel was um during his time here about 20 years ago I mean like I've said I don't think there's ever been a quarterback that's looked like that in a, in a CU uniform no no I mean I keep I'm talking to my brother who's a CU alum and I keep telling him it's it's Cordell, but but Cordell like didn't have the accuracy like Shador does. Now they're different players. I mean, yeah. Cordell is a better athlete. Uh, you know, obviously he played multiple positions in the NFL. You know what I mean? He was he got the nickname Slash for you know doing just about everything in, in the NFL ranks. Um, but Shador is a true quarterback. He's a passer. Yeah. He really is. I mean, there's not much else I can say. He was just fantastic today and. Um, the way he plays, I, I think he'll be able to stay healthy. He took a couple hits today, yeah. like one big sack. But other than that, the line was the line was okay, and he gets the ball out quick enough anyway. It makes good decisions when to you know roll out of the pocket and get rid of the ball. Um, so I'm not too worried about him. I think this is just the start of the of a special season for Shador. You know, I, I want to talk about Dylan Edwards, but first, the game plan by Sean Lewis. Wow, they wow, yeah, were on I know. time. All the time, guys. Guys were just open. Like that mm-hmm. pass to Jimmy Horn to win. To was that the winning touchdown? Yes, it was. Yeah, he was, was. open by ten yards. Like he I was mean, they, wide they, open. There was no one around it. him. I mean, and they they you can tell that they like that up tempo. I can't wait to see it in Boulder when those teams start teams sucking, sucking air for air. a little yeah. bit. Yeah. So much yeah. much respect to Sean Lewis, and he got Dylan Edwards involved mainly in the in the passing game like the rushing game wasn't great but Dylan Edwards true freshman you had talked about him in the preview about how he was somebody you wanted to take a look at and his speed is unbelievable it's again something you you haven't seen at CU in a decade yeah it's 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 amazing the kind of athlete he is already at you know 18 19 years old he he enrolled early in the winter and obviously that that helped him but they've been raving about this kid all fall camp. They call his nicknames every day Dylan Edwards because what he did today in the game, they're like, yeah, he does it every day in practice. Like we've seen multiple of the videos from from Dion Jr. that he posts the YouTube videos. You've seen a lot of those screen passes, kind of the dump off 
to Dylan and he just kind of takes the 75 yards like that, that 75 yard touchdown that, that he had. Um, we've seen that play, you know, in the YouTube videos of practice, like that is not an uncommon thing. And that's just how good this kid is. I, I was kind of skeptical, maybe coming into the you know fall camp and the preseason, wondering what kind of role he'd have. Obviously they, they brought Alton McCaskill in from Houston to, to be the guy. They really like him. He didn't play today. Um, obviously I've, you know, I've talked about how he missed all of 2022 with a knee injury at Houston. He's still kind of working his way back. He was in a non-contact Jersey, you know, all week, um, all, all fall camp kind of leading up. And, I, but, and, you know, as, as fall camp has gone on, I, I really kind of believed more and more that Dylan Edwards would be a part of this offense, not to the degree that he was today. Cause he was, a huge part of it, you know, five catches for 135 yards, you know, and three touchdowns. That was something I never imagined from him, but another bright future ahead for, for CU. I mean, this is a guy that Dion has a close relationship with. He coached him when he was in youth football um, and now he's coaching him again here and they certainly know how to get the best out of him. Well, the one score was on the fourth and two. And I yeah. remember when they swung it out to him, I was like, Oh, they're going to get the first down. And then all of a sudden he's just gone. And he yeah, was, I, that, yeah. I was like, Oh, I guess they're going to score that down. Yeah, that play was the the kind of the most surprising. Like, even though the 75-yard one, he kind of made multiple guys miss yeah. and then just kind of hit the acceleration button and nobody was catching them. That play, I was, like, expecting him to just kind of get run out of bounds or just kind of pushed it, forced out of bounds. But he just, like, he just kind of turns it on. And that acceleration, he gets the top his top speed so quickly, I think is what is so impressive about him. Like, he is at top speed so fast, and you're not catching him once he gets there. So, I mean, the more – he becomes a bigger part of the game plan. The more that opens things up for all the other, you know, guys they want to get involved who are already had multiple big games today, like Jimmy Horn and Travis Hunter, both with 11 catches. I mean, Xavier Weaver was picking up, you know, chunks of yards at a time. I mean, there's just so many weapons on this offense that as long as all these guys stay healthy, I don't see how this CU offense slows down at all. Yeah, they had four receivers with 100 yards. We didn't even talk about Weaver, who also yeah. was huge. You mentioned him, too, I believe, when we talked about somebody who's exciting to watch. You know, there's a lot of, and I'm sure you go through this at practice, like, wait, who's this guy? Who's this? You know, I mean, there, there are so yeah. many new players that it's hard to say. Let's jump to the defense. Uh, you know, that's a worrisome spot. Like, you mentioned that in your takeaways. But they came up with the stop when they were needed. What did you see? Uh, I mean, I, I give – Charles Kelly a lot of credit for switching it up on that last drive all of a sudden they were in Morris's face which they hadn't been all day but you know they came up with the play when they needed but that's definitely the weak point of the team yeah it it definitely took a little bit longer than you would have liked for them to realize that uh Chandler Morris isn't very good because I didn't I was not impressed at all he missed some throws on that last drive he was he he was all game long I was not really impressed with him all the throws he made were kind of easy pitch and catch um some of it was just like guys being out of position a little bit, um, some missed tackles. I really don't think Shiloh Sanders played all that well, even though he led the team in tackles. Um, Trevor Woods had a really good game, though. Obviously, he comes up with the interception in the end zone in the first quarter. Uh, I thought he was all over the field again. I thought he was the best player on, on the CU defense last season. I expected a similar thing from him this season. He's a really good player. Uh, Miles Slusher was, was impressive. They like him in the slot, the Arkansas transfer. Um, but the thing that I think was most worrisome was the lack of pressure they were getting yeah no sacks in the game really not um generating any pressure in morris's face um you mentioned that last drive where they kind of sold out to stop the run because i think tcu felt like they could run the ball they had been running the ball pretty well for most of the game 
um, with both of their, with their two backs, Bailey and Sanders. But, um, you know, I, I do think that you would like to see a little bit more pressure from the defensive line, even if it isn't sacks, just kind of like getting in the quarterback space, making him uncomfortable. That really wasn't happening much at all in the game. So that that's probably the biggest area I, I would see some, I would have some caution over, you know, going forward. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the secondary is pretty good, but it, I mean, when, when Morris had all that time to throw at times, like I, I understand why they were picked apart and yeah. Like you mentioned Sh- Shiloh Sanders, like he was every, he was around the ball a lot, but he seemed like he wasn't. He also he missed, was, it was just, maybe it's just a lot of his missed tackles are pretty glaring to me. And there were some yeah. times where he would get picked you know, they run these TC ran a lot of pick plays to get guys open over a lot of crossing routes. Like, yeah. 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 A lot of crossing routes and Shiloh would just kind of get caught up and he would just get, be a couple steps behind the play. Um, and it was just kind of st- stuck out to me as I was watching it. Um, like I said, it didn't end up, you know, tied for the team lead in tackles with, you know, Marvin Ham and other, one of the returning guys from last year's team. But um, yeah, the defense has, has to get better. They know that too. They said that, you know, in the post game, even though they got the stop, you know, defense wasn't nearly good enough today. You know, you mentioned Trevor Woods, one of the few holdovers. Like, he had that pick in the end zone. He forced the fumble that TCU did, recovered, yeah. too. So he he looked great. Um, All right, uh, real quick, we'll do, uh, you know, Travis Hunter is already putting stuff about Heisman on his social media. Um, You know, I, I, I know it's early. It's tough. I mean, I, Dion even said something. We got two guys who should be considered already when Shador and, and Hunter. Like, Dion is right, though. Nobody this weekend is doing what Travis Hunter did today. No, no one in college football has done what Travis Hunter has done in a long time. Like being this effective, it's not like he's just playing both sides of the ball. He is the best a part player. of everything. Yeah, he is the best player on offense. I mean, him and Shador kind of kind of share that that title for for CEO on offense. But he's clearly the best player on defense. Uh, we talked about the interception. You mentioned the multiple pass breakups he had today. Um, I talked about how they were challenging him, and there were they they went at him on back to back plays at one point, and I was like. For, and they're both incompletions. And I was like, why are you throwing at him? He forced, he forced a three and out there. And I was, I was like, why do they keep throwing at Travis Hunter? Um, didn't, like you said, no one is doing what he is doing right now. And I thought it would take some time, maybe some, some win, more wins to get him in the Heisman uh, conversation. I wasn't sure if they would win, you know, week one. Um, th- th- this win today obviously is going to help that. But he absolutely deserves to be in the conversation, if, if he keeps doing this, and I have no reason to believe he won't, he did it today, you know, playing in 101 degree heat in Texas, he played over 130 snaps. Um, and he had 120 receiving yards that could have had a touchdown, probably should have had a touchdown or two. Um, and could have had, you know, even more than one interception. He's, he's everywhere. And nobody else in college football is like him. Yep. It's, it's pretty amazing. Again, like he, he could have gone anywhere. And, you know, he went to Jackson State to follow Dion, and now he's here. And CU, CU fans should be happy and enjoy it because he's going to be here for two years, and then he's going to get drafted in the first round. So, um, you know, go ahead and enjoy it. All right, real quick, I know it's early. Nebraska's coming to Boulder next week. Uh, Fox will be there in Boulder. What is that atmosphere going to be like? Uh, the bus, we're nine-and-a-half-point dogs. They are now just a point. An underdog and DraftKings. I'm surprised they're not, I'm surprised they're not favorites yet. Yeah, <laughs> DraftKings has them as a favorite. Yeah. Nebraska scored ten points on Thursday night, right, or something yes, like they that. Did. Yeah, yep. I mean, so or was it sixteen, thirteen, something like that. something like, like that? It was 13-10, whatever. A, a, yeah. a Big Ten slugfest for sure. Yeah. What is that atmosphere going to be like? And 
you know, this is a game. This is another statement game for CU. Home opener against a rival for years. You know, Dion's already kind of embraced the better dead than red thing. Yep. What do you expect? I mean, I know it's early, but seriously, like, what do you expect? I expect CU to blow them out. Honestly, honestly okay. I, I I really don't think this Nebraska team is very good. I think this Nebraska team is going to look a lot more what the national people thought CU was going to look this year. They obviously have a first a new first year head coach in Matt Rule, who I really like. I think Matt Rule is a really good coach. I think he's going to turn things around there at Nebraska, just not this year. Uh, the quarterback that brought in Sims from Georgia Tech was not impressive to me at all. I watched that game the other day, um, and. I mean, they played a, a Minnesota team that is okay. I mean, that's not like the toughest place to play in September. It was, hot. it's not cold there like it would be in November. But, and CU just played, went on the road and played a team that was in the national championship game, even if it is a very diminished version of that team, that TCU team from last year. I would put up TCU as being better than Minnesota this year, yeah. even, even if they're not as good, nearly as good as some people might have thought. And, he was clearly better. I don't think Nebraska was better than Minnesota the other night. They had a fluke touchdown was there. That was their only score. Um, and, and I just don't think they're going to be able to keep up with the CU team at all offensively. Um, and I, I'm expecting it to be a crazy atmosphere. I do think there's going to be a good amount of red, which is going to annoy some CU fans. Um, the ticket prices are pretty crazy. Yeah. And there is going to be a good amount of red. I still feel like even though Rick George has been saying for months since Dion was hired that don't sell your tickets, don't sell your tickets, no red, no red. There's going to be some red and Folsom next Saturday. It's a bright and early 10 a.m. start. But I still think after this week, I don't think there's ever been since the 90s more optimism about the CU program. That place is going to be rocking. Students are not going to care about the 10 a.m. start. They'll be no. up at 6 a.m. to start drinking, and they'll be in the stadium. Or they just won't go to bed. Or they just won't go to bed. I don't know. Who knows? That might be a good idea. But they're going to be there. They're going to be loud. They're going to be excited to watch this team in person. Um, and I, I'm excited to be there for that game next Saturday, too, because I do think it's going to be a crazy atmosphere, and I think it, it could be a really long day of partying for Buffs fans in Boulder. It starts at 10 a.m. The party could be going on all day long. And not to get too far ahead of ourselves, but then the Rams are the next week, and they are down 29 to three to Washington State. Yeah, I haven't been paying close <laughs> attention to that game, but not offense great. is I, still not looking good. Apparently, from what I've read. Yeah, it, I mean they've got 141 yards. That's not that's not great. So um, <laughs> that could be an ugly game in week three, a lot uglier than I anticipated it to be. Uh, I thought, you know, CSU would be able to keep it close against Wazoo this week, but uh, apparently not. So uh, we could be looking at a 3-0 and Colorado Buffaloes team heading to Eugene, Oregon uh, in week four. And uh, I will be at that game too. So, wow. Oregon scored 81 not... points today, I believe. Yeah, against Portland State. I did see that. Yeah, that was like <laughs> the first time a team has scored 80 in quite some time. So, um, <laughs> wow. Week four, I did not expect to see maybe two 3-0 and teams in Eugene. But yep. We could be that. That's where we could be. Yeah, we're probably getting ahead of ourselves, but it's it's a good time, and I think I think bus fans got to enjoy it today, and you know, you, we got to enjoy it too because when you've been around some bad football, it's it's fun to be around some good one stuff again. All right, Tyler, uh, thanks for coming on. Safe travels back to Denver, and uh, we will talk to you again next week. Sounds good, Chris. Thanks for having me. Thanks. Thank you for listening to the Denver Gazette podcast. 
make sure to visit denvergazette.com for all your local news on Broncos, Rockies, Avalanche, Nuggets, and much, much more. We'll talk to you next time.